what's all right with you? I feel compelled here for just a moment to do something. I, you don't have to grab the person's hand beside you, but what I want us to do for just a few moments here, this isn't part of uh, anything with, within what I wanted to do this morning, but I just feel uh, just uh, there's, a, uh, there's a need, there's, there's something going on and within a lot of people's lives. And I'm going to say a prayer here for a moment. And as I pray, I want you to pray about the individuals around you. Can you do that? Not yourself, but those around you. Let's pray. Father, uh, we just, we, we're here and, and God, we're studying your word and the topic that we're looking into right now, Lord, is prayer. And uh, God, right now we demonstrate that prayer right, right in, in this place, God, and, and we petition before you um, people that are all around us right now. There's many needs, God, that are represented here within this room, and God, we just lift these things up to you. We may not know what the need is, but Lord, we know that you know. And Father, Lord, but we love one another deeply enough and care enough, God, that you know we're not about ourselves right now, but Lord, we want to pray about them. I want to pray about each and every individual that's sitting in these seats this morning, God. Whatever their need may be, whatever their, their, their troublesome that, that, that's on their mind, whatever uh, situation, relationship, financial, medical, psychological, spiritual, whatever it may be, God, we just lift this up to you and we ask, Lord, that you will touch it in Jesus' name. Let your purpose, plan, and will be done. And the church says, amen. amen. Awesome. Awesome. You know, this week... Um, I was, uh, I was, uh, I, our nine-year-old, he goes to a, uh, a baseball practice throughout the week, one day a week. And uh, so I'm sitting there and, and I'm watching, watching him practice and I get a text message from my wife while I'm sitting there watching him do, do his routine. And uh, so I'm sitting there, you know, and I'm, I'm looking at the text message and, and my wife's just got like the emoji, crying, laughing emoji, you know. And I was like, well, this must be hilarious. You know, this has got to be funny. So I open it up, and it's a screenshot, and, and some of you will understand what I'm talking about. Some of you will not. It's a screenshot from Class Dojo, which means his teacher sends things out to the parents and to, this, you know, anybody who's signed up on this Class Dojo. And it's this screenshot, and uh, it's New Year's resolutions, all right? This is for my, for, for the, now this is uh, for our youngest child, Caden, uh, who is six years old. He's in kindergarten at the elementary school. And, um, and so I'm, I'm looking at this screenshot and it's New Year's resolutions and you see all these things that these kids are saying and beside it has their name. You know, like I wanna eat more pizza in 2020. I mean, I love that one, you know what I mean? You know, I, I, I want, you know, I, I wanna make more muffins with my mom. You know, oh, that's so sweet. You know, bring the muffins to the pastor. That's good, you know. Just not banana nut bread, you know. Some of you know that story, okay? And, uh, you know, so, you know, all these things, and they're cute, they're, they're great, and my wife highlights my sons. And, and I thought it was going to be funny, but it wasn't. It was actually pretty serious. And I looked at it, and his, his was, his New Year's resolution was to build more mission houses. Aww. Don't awe. He's a liar, okay? It's, <laughs> I went, I said, what's a mission house? He's like, I don't know. I said, your mother puts you up to it, you know? Anyway, and I, at first I was like, Lord, my answers, are, your, my prayers are being answered. The word is getting through to him. Until he says, I have no idea what they are, Dad. All right. So, <laughs> telling on my son, you know, it's, it's awesome. All right. So we're in week two of prayers, right? And uh, we need to understand that the Bible, the, what, what does it do? It talks about a lot when it comes to prayer and really explains some of the importance 
of prayer. Now, I have found that the one spiritual discipline that Christians seem to struggle at the most is prayer. And, and I had a conversation with somebody this morning, and they were, they were um, during this 21 days of fasting and prayer, just overwhelmed within their own life of the lack of prayer time. And, and you know, I, I sat back for a minute, and, and I felt compelled even in my own life as we're going through this season that, you know what, that is one discipline that we as Christ followers probably lack in the most. We get so caught up with so many things, schedules, hectic stuff. We, we become so selfish over our own time that we often push away the spiritual discipline of prayer. It's harder to push away the spiritual discipline of reading the Bible. Why? Because it's something tangible. It's right in front of your eyes, right? It's harder to uh, push away the spiritual discipline of fasting. Why? Because the pastor's saying, you are fasting for 21 days, all right? But when it comes down to prayer, we seem to really struggle at that. And so for this, it, it's become very important for me to look at this topic. And what I believe that God is wanting to do is show you and I the dynamics of prayer. And we're going to look at our theme verse here. Let's jump right into Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Uh, we're going to break it down again for you this morning. It says, and, and pray in the Spirit in all Occasions. In other words, you know, prayer time to Christ, prayer time to God, is not just designated for when we are in this atmosphere, in this time, in church. Um, it's not even necessarily uh, just meant for your quiet time, which obviously it is. You know, we do spend, we need to have our quiet time, our devotional time. We do need to, um, you know, have those moments where we're within here in the church. It's like we just did a few moments ago. We all prayed together. And, and we need those things, but we also, guess what? We need to pray first within our day. I mean, has that, let, let, let me see the hand of somebody who's made every decision within your life perfect. Yeah, that's what I thought, right? Pray first. Pray what? Lord, help me with my decision-making today. Help me, Lord, within my conversations, God. You know, help, help me, watch this, here we go. Help me, Lord, on my social media responses or posts, Right? It says this, but pray in the spirit on all occasions. And this goes on to say, with all kinds of prayers and requests. Now, the Bible is clear that there are different types of prayers to be prayed. Uh, we are talking, you know, different types of prayers, different types of patterns. Uh, we even looked last week at a pattern of getting closer to God within our prayers and using that model uh, to, to do that for us. But it goes on to say, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. I love that part of being alert. It's simply saying, pay attention to one another. Like, pay attention to what's going on with someone else's life because people live out their emotions. They live out what's going on inside through their emotions. It's very simple. You, I can come in here on a Sunday morning and you can come in chipper and all excited and, and great. And, and I'm like, well, in my mind, life's going well. But the next person I greet, they're very somber. And I know what? Something's happening. We need to be paying attention on it. And it says what? Keep on praying. Don't stop. Right? It doesn't mean, you know, oh, well, you just say a prayer for a month. No, don't stop. Keep on praying for the Lord's people. Keep on going after it. Now, Last week, we looked at a pattern that was used in the Old Testament to get closer to God. 
we understood that what God dwells in a cloud of cloud by day and a fire by night, and uh, we see that through the Ark of the Covenant, but and through the tabernacle. But in order to get to where God was, they had to pass through certain stations, certain pieces of furniture. This is what happened within the Old Testament. We don't have to do that anymore, thank goodness. You know, we are in what the New Covenant era. But those principles still apply today. Now, today what we're going to do is we're going to look at an actual prayer that I feel could help us model within our own lives. Now, understanding, we're going to look in 1 Chronicles. And, you know, that book can be very difficult to read. It's a lot of statistics. A lot of names, a lot of this person begot this person, begot this person, begot this person, begot this person, begot this person. You have like, I think, somewhere around 600 begots. Really, Lord? Did we need, was that necessary, right? We have all of these things, but right smack in the middle, all of a sudden, the scripture gives uh, what I'm going to consider as an honorable mention to a fella or to a guy, and his name is Jabez. Let's take a look in 1 Chronicles today, chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. It goes on to say, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother named him Jabez, saying, I give birth to him in pain. All right, so understand the word Jabez. The definition of that, or what the meaning of that, is the word pain. Imagine growing up, and your name literally means you're a pain. Imagine how horrible that must have been for him to live according to a label of this magnitude that even his own mother had placed on his life. Some of you here today, listen up, seriously now. Some of you here today are living your life according to a label that others may have placed upon it. A label that you would consider that would be definitely be unfair. A label that you don't want to live up to. Labels considering of divorce. Labels considering of depression or or, you know, living, I don't know what it is for you. Only you do. But we all, at times within life, have struggled with labels that others have placed upon us. But here we've got this guy, Jabez. And right in the middle of all these begots, there's a prayer that happens. And it goes on to say, Jabez, or pain, right? Jabez cried out to, to the God of what? Israel. So in other words, in pain, he is calling out, and he goes on to say, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Now, let's, let's do a timeout here. I want you to understand something. We're going to define what exactly these are talking about, and we're not talking about, about a prosperity way here. Okay? Understand that. But he says, he cried out to God, to the God of Israel. Now, many of you, are, you're spending time within your life on pain, pain of your past, pain equating from problems. He says, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm. In other words, help me to focus, focus on the promises that you have for my life. But keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And then it says something very specific. What? And God granted his request. Now, we're going to look at these requests one at a time. And I'm going to share with you what is a pattern 
a great way for us within our own prayer life. The first phrase of the first part of the scriptures that we're reading here says, oh, that you would bless me. That's in 1 Chronicles 4.10. He's meaning that God would stoop down into my life and give me something that he has purposed for my life. There's, there, there, let's understand that. This isn't a wish list. Grant this to me, God. That part where it says, oh, that you would bless me is simply meaning and defined as, Lord, whatever it is that you have intended for my life, I'm asking for it. I'm requesting of that. I'm, I'm, I'm petitioning before you. So number one, within your notes, we are to what? Pray for blessing. Pray for blessing within your life. In other words, God, I need what you have purposed for me. You see, there's nothing like living your life and being in the plan of God. Who in here wants to be happy? Who in here wants the joy of the Lord? Who in here wants peace? Yeah, we do, right? We want these things. Simply watch this. Lord, give me what it is that you've intended for me. There's nothing like living when you're living your life according to God's purpose and plan for your life. Now, let me ask you this. How's that going for you? Where are you at in that? Are we allowing ourselves to be more uh, selfish and going after our own desires and our own plans? Or are we living our life as selfless, saying, God, whatever it is you want, do within my life? You see, we've all been in a spot where we could say, as Christ followers, only as Christ followers can we say this, that we have been in harmony and peace with God. And that has resulted also within our life. But we've also been in moments, let's just face it, let's be honest, even as Christ followers, we have been a wreck. We don't know whether we're coming or going. We don't know what's going on around us. We, we, everything that we touch seems to just fail. We seem to be completely off course. And guess what? I'm going to help you out. It's probably because you're completely off course. God, you know what? Deposit in my life those things that you have purposed for my life. These things that are way bigger they're much larger than your requests of a new house or a, 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 my future spouse, which you should be praying for, by the way. Understand that. If you're single, single people, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. I did that one time, and you're like, Pastor, don't do that. You don't have to raise your hand, all right? No, I'm just kidding. It's, asking God of these purposes is so much more larger than us going to our to-do lists and wish lists. Let's take a look in Psalms. The psalmist in chapter 18, verse 35, and I love this. There's a phrase right toward the end of it that I really want you guys to get. He says this, give me your shield of victory and your right hand sustains me. I love this part right here. What does it say? You what? Stoop down to make me great. We have two different versions here, NIV, not NLT. You stoop down to make me great, or your help has made me great. There's nothing like when God gets involved that we allow his help within our lives. Have you ever been in, in, in a moment where just everything seems to be falling apart, everything seems to be getting hectic, and you don't want to spend time in prayer? Like that's your last resort because you just don't feel like it? Yeah? You guys are a rough crowd today, man. I'm serious, like, I'm struggling, man, jeez. 
I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But you ever been there in that moment when it's like everything you touch fail and you don't want, I just talked about it a second ago, you don't want to spend time in prayer. You're fighting it, but yet you feel something with inside of you saying, guess what? You need to spend some time in prayer. And here's what's so great about that is the moment that you give in to that, you came in with a lousy attitude like some of you came into church today. You came in with a lousy attitude, everything falling apart. But the moment that you get in the presence of God, what happens? Everything changes. Everything changes. I can, uh, let's see here, what was it? 32 months ago. It's crazy I can name the months. 32 months ago, there was a season of life that I was like not happy about. It seemed like everything around me was collapsing and failing. And I, I, would, I come in here, and here I am. I'm the pastor. I'm supposed to stand up here and give you the word of God and be the best encouragement you can get all week. But, man, I was going through a moment. Can I be honest with you? And all I could feel for, for, for days was, you need to take this to God. you got to stop carrying this. You need to take this. You need to pray about this. And here I No. No, God, you knew this. You got me in this. <laughs> come on now. Just being honest. Sometimes I'm a little too transparent. I get it. And I came in here one afternoon into this very place, and I came down to this altar. And I just started out very, very dissatisfied with the Lord. I'm here. You want to do something, let's do it. That type of deal. Here I am, Lord. I'm placing my trust and my faith in you. And you know, as I started in that prayer time, and I began to pour out everything that was just on my mind, everything that was in my heart, and then God began to bring scripture back to remembrance of me, especially my favorite one, be still and know that I am God. And I, I couldn't tell you how long I stayed down here. I know it was a very long time. And by the time I got up from this moment of prayer, it was like everything. A 180 completely changed. Maybe not the circumstances, but the outlook, the attitude, the expectation. God came, remember, I'm God, not you. This is not about you. Some of you need to understand that within your life. Some of you have been dealing with some, some, some stuff that's been really bothering you for a while now. You've been going through some struggle. Can we just be honest here? This is not even within the notes, but some of you are going through some battles. Let's, let's just face it. And God is saying this, you cast your cares on me. Cast your anxieties upon me. You know, that scripture says that uh, the, the, his version that he had up there was, and the NLT said that God cares for you or cared. Uh, he, he, your, your help has made me great. The other version I was looking at says that God, what, stooped down. There's nothing like a God who would stoop down right to where you are and say, listen, you're my child. I want to help you through this storm. I'm going to help you through this struggle. Nothing's too great. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2 says this, I will bless you. And then here, here's a purpose as to why God blesses us. And you will bless, be a blessing to others. Now, this isn't a prosperity teaching here. This is, remember, the blessing means this. God, give me what you have purposed for my life. Yes. 
Why? Why would God purpose for our lives? Not necessarily for us, but for those around us. So that we can make an impact in other people's life. You know, the early church was great about that. You look at in, in, in the, you know, Acts chapter 2 where it talks about that the Lord added to their number daily. I'm big on this because we're doing this study on Wednesday nights and I love it. But that Lord added to their number daily. Why? How, how did that happen? It wasn't because somebody was sitting, standing up before them preaching and teaching. While, yes, God did add to their number through that. But he also added to their number by blessing, giving what was purposed, willed for the lives of the, those in the early church. And then it became contagious. And Jesus Christ, what? He's contagious. Wherever he goes, wherever he, a multitude follows. And then added the number daily. So when we're praying, God, bless me, it needs to be to this point. Lord, give me what it is that you purpose for my life simply for the fact there's others who, around me who need to be blessed as well. Allow me, Father, to be that instrument. Allow me, Lord, to be that tool. All right, number two, second thing, praying for influence. In other words, that's saying, I know that my capacity isn't enough. First Chronicles chapter four, verse 10 says this, enlarge my territory. In other words, um, God stretch us. God has available to us a life that is larger than our thinking. Our life may not be all that great simply because our life has only been about ourselves. Again, the happiest people are those who are living out the purpose that God has designed for them. God's purpose for their lives. You then see life not through your lens, but then you begin to see life through the lens of God. Um, take a look at the scripture. Paul prayed this in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. He says this, I pray also. Now remember, this is for the church here. He's, he's speaking to the uh, to the uh, church of Ephesus. He says, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. I want to stop there for a second. He has called you. We need to be enlightened to what God has called and purpose for our lives. We do know this. This is a purpose, and that is simply the, 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 uh, the command that Jesus gave to the disciples he said, take the word of God, what? Take the gospel and spread it all throughout this land. We do know that as Christ followers, that is a purpose for our lives. He goes on to say that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the, called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. So what is your inheritance? Your inheritance is people. It's simply that. Your inheritance is people. See, we... we we think it differently. We think that inheritance is, is stuff, right? But God is saying, no, it's different here. Inheritance is people. Like, if you're playing an instrument here at church, or you're singing a song, or you're greeting people, you're parking cars, um, you're holding a baby within our nursery, you're leading a life group, uh, you're feeding people within our uh, food bank ministry or, or, or First Wednesdays, you're pouring coffee within our... Our cafe. The goal of all of this is not your function and what you can get from it. It's those who you are impacting. That is the goal of it. The person on the other end of the function. We need to become more selfless and less selfish. 
understanding that God has a purpose for you and where you can make a difference within the lives of people. We need to get to the spot where we're not so focused on upon ourselves, but we're focused on others. The early church had that down. It says this about them. It says that they devoted themselves. The word devoted simply means this, that they consecrated, that they put their full attention, that they made a covenant, but they devoted themselves to prayer, prayer, and the teachings of the apostles, those who God had placed over them to give to the word. Now, let's take a look. Uh, Psalm chapter 2, verse 8 says this. He says, ask me, and I will make the nations, or rather people, your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. Now, I, I love that because it says, ask me, and I will make the nations, or people, he's saying there, your inheritance. I, I'm going to be honest. There's, there's, there's a lot of things within life that give me joy, okay? My kids... They give me joy. My spouse gives me joy. Friendships give me joy. But you know what I really love? Is when people are being impacted by God. And I see it within their lives. People who used to never attend church, now all of a sudden church is a priority within their lives. People on a Sunday morning when I say, you know, give the invitation for salvation and they're raising their hand. There's nothing like that. There's nothing like helping somebody and then they actually take that help and better their life. This is a practice that we need to put in place within our own lives. God, now don't bless me simply so that why? I can be an influence. Help others. All right, so now we've prayed all of that, and we're on number three here. The third thing that he was praying within his prayer, he said this. Pray for presence, not, not things, but God's presence here. First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10 says, let your hand be with me. In other words, God, what you have asked me to do is much bigger, much larger than I can do on my own. Understand that. You cannot fulfill God's purpose without God involved. You cannot accomplish his will without him being involved. Acts chapter 11, verse 21 says this. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Here is another moment within the book of Acts, and there's so many of them, where they were simply just being obedient to God's instruction and his teaching and his leading, that God continued to add to the number of the church daily, over and over and over again, simply because people were all about, look, God, is, this thing is too big for me. I must have your presence. There's nothing like being in the presence of God. There's nothing like being in a moment in a worship service. And you, you, you know how it is sometimes. You, you just have that moment. And it's like, it doesn't matter whatever else is going around you. God, you're here. I feel the stillness. I feel the calm. I feel you working in people's lives. I feel you working within my life. You know, I, I love the, 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 the quiet times. You know, I, I do everything really early in the morning. My devotional time, my, my sermon prep or my Wednesday night prep that I do, I do it pretty much before anyone else wakes up. I do some here, but I also do the majority of it at my house. And there'll be times that I'll be going through it 
and, and, and I'm studying whatever topic we're, we're talking about. And all of a sudden, especially the last week it happened to me while we were studying for this message, all of a sudden it was like the presence of God just came in. And you could just bask in it and just be like, Lord, thank you. I can't do this. this I can't do this on my own, Father. This has got to be all about you. Now, it says the Lord's hand was with them and a great number of people believed and had turned to the Lord. Um, Exodus chapter 33, verses 15 through 17 says, Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, then do not send us up from here. In other words, I'm not going. Lord, if you're not going with me, then I'm not going. He goes on to say, How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? Now, I remember uh, I gave you a couple months just a minute ago, but I'm going to give you another one. 39 months ago, I became the pastor of this church. It's funny. I've told my story about this. You know, I never intended to be a pastor. I always intended to be just a support role. You know, the guy that's like behind the scenes and helping the guy that's doing it, you know, in front of everybody. And uh, that was always my desire. And that's, it's funny, my desire, right? My desire, not God's desire. But I remember when the opportunity came for me to, to, uh, to, to be the pastor here at this church. And uh, I was all, yeah, let's do this. Right? This is going to be fantastic. And I remember Pastor Thorne's last service. And he said his final prayer and said amen. And I went, uh-oh. Like, this is now on me. And all of a sudden, fear entered me like you would not believe. Things, you heard this, things got real. And oh, did they get real. Things got real fast for me. But one thing I do, I did during that time is regardless of how I felt, it was like the Holy Spirit was there going, we got this. We're going to do this. This is is a good thing. Don't be fearful in this moment. You see, some of you right now, you've been living in fear and God is saying, listen, listen, I'm here. I've not left you. I'm not going to leave you. I have no plans of leaving you. I'm right here with you. Acknowledge me. Acknowledge that I'm here. The scripture goes on to say, what else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? I, I like to say this. You know, there's a, um, I believe it's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, somewhere in that area. Uh, what is the will of the Lord for my life? To be holy, right? I say this a lot because I, I, I really feel that um, we as the church have, have, um, really complicated this, this word holy. And really what it's defined as is just simply being different. We, we, are, we are called to be different. That is a calling that's up upon our lives, to be different. Like when people see us and then see society, they should see a difference. Let's just be honest about it. Difference within the environments that we're allowing ourselves to be in. Difference within the substance that we're placing within our own body. Come on now. There should be a difference. Difference in how we act and, re- and react. Lord, I need help with that one. <laughs> you know? There should be a difference. Difference in how we're talking versus the culture's talking. Difference in what the culture's saying is okay versus what the Bible says is good. Are you following me here? Listen, 
We don't want to hear that message. Why? Because then that brings conviction. Do you understand conviction? What is that meaning to do? What, what is the purpose of that? To draw us near to God. To draw us closer to God. Condemnation is to draw you further from God. It goes on to say, what else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people in the face of the earth? In other words, is there a difference? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing that you have asked. We need God to be with us because what he has called us to do is far larger than we can accomplish on our own. So listen, if we are praying for blessing and we're praying for, uh, praying for influence and we're praying for presence, let me ask you this. Be prepared for the attack of the enemy. Number four, pray for protection. Jabez prayed, 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10. He says, and keep me from what? Harm. Keep me from harm. Now, I'm going to throw this out there. For two solid weeks prior to us starting our fast as a church, for two solid weeks, I was not happy. Can I just be honest with you? I was struggling. I was struggling in the sense of, Lord, I feel like there's a mental attack, a spiritual attack. There's an attack trying to play, take place on my family. There's, I feel that, Lord, there's an attack trying to play, take place in this church. And for two solid weeks, I'm going, God, what in the world is going on here? And I'll tell you what happened. All of a sudden, something happened, and it just clicked right, right within my mind. It said, you know the season that you're about to go into? Expect the enemy to attack because he's afraid of what the results are going to be. Amen. We know this from 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, that what the devil is like a roaring lion. What is he doing? Seeking whom he may devour. Don't, don't be naive about this. Fight it. We have Christ on our side. You know, the, the Bible actually tells us that even the very name of Jesus Christ, every demon must flee. Yeah. Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 37 says this. This is great. Coming in for a landing here, guys. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things, we are what? More than conquerors. Let me, let me, let me say that again. I, I'm going to repeat this entire thing again. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? The Bible says what? No. But in all these things, we are what? More than conquerors. Well, look, we're not even a conqueror, but we are what? More than. You're more than a conqueror. To what? Through him who loved us. See, we need, we need God. We need the Lord to strengthen us, to protect us from every attack that the enemy is going to bring. You and I, we have two choices. We can either pray about our pain, our past, our losses, or we can pray about what God has for us. 
You can stay within your past. You can pray about the pain that the past has caused. You can pray about the losses that have been generated. Or you can pray about what God has in store. Jabez said there, he said, you know what? Pray for blessing. In other words, Lord, release whatever it is that you've intended for my life. Release it to me. Lord, I'm praying for, for influence. God, make me influence over people through you. May, may I, your, your blessings hit me, not because of me and what I want, what I'm desiring, but Lord, so that you can bless all those around me because we serve a great, huge, mighty God. And then he says, but Lord, you know what? I pray for your presence because I understand what your will for my life and what your purpose for my life is larger than me. I cannot do this thing on my own. Some of us, we have pride, don't we? And, and we, we let that get in the way and we say, oh, I got this. I can handle this. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Because there's an enemy. He's searching. He's looking. He's in the quietness, waiting for that moment to do something. What? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. And then we need to also pray as he did and say, Lord, we need your protection. Because the enemy, he's doing just that. He's trying to get at me. He's trying to get at my family. He's trying to get at me spiritually. He's trying to attack me. And Lord, I understand that everything changes in your presence. We said this last week, and we'll say it again this week and probably the next two weeks, but this. Prayer isn't about God moving toward us. Prayer is about us moving toward God. I want to repeat that. Prayer isn't about God moving toward us, but prayer is about us moving toward God. And the greatest prayer any of us can pray is a prayer of salvation. I want you to stand with me this morning. And what we have talked about here with this prayer that happened with Jabez and how it could be a model within our lives. It can only be real within our lives if we have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the only way to the Father. There's no one through the Father except through the Son. Our earthly existence it's just a mist or a, a vapor or just a breath in the wind compared to what your eternal existence will be. That's not to bring fear into everyone, but that's just to bring realization. Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. He paid a price that was so great that you'll never be able to pay. You can do all the good you want to, but works do not lead to salvation. Only Jesus leads to salvation. So it would be a, a travesty if, if, if I did not give an opportunity here this morning. I want you to bow your head, close your eyes with me today. Maybe you're here and you've not made that commitment to Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life. Today will be the day of salvation for you. All you have to do is say, Lord, that's me. If that's you today, I want you to just slip up your hand. I'm going to commit my life to Jesus Christ. I see that hand. Awesome. 
I see that hand. Fantastic. Thank you, Father. Give another moment for anyone else in this room. Today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow could be too late, and yesterday is over. But right now is your opportunity. If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand. I see that hand. I love it. More importantly, God loves it. All right, can we say this prayer as a church together boldly, enthusiastically? Here we go. Lord Jesus, today I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I ask for forgiveness of my sins. I repent before you. Be my Lord, be my master, and be my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? I want to say this. What you don't know just happened there was tremendous. It was an actual breakthrough in people's lives. And I am so excited about that. So excited. In fact, you know, I, I, I periodically say this in my messages at the end. And I'm going to do it again today. I have a booklet here. It talks all about living that Christian walk. It's an easy read. If you gave your life today, I want to give it to you. If you would just like to have one, believe me, I got plenty of them. I'll put it in your hand. Listen, I'm not a boring guy. At least I don't think I'm boring. I didn't see nobody fall asleep this morning, so that's a plus, okay? I say that to say this. It's a fun read. It's a good read, okay? But here we are, and we're talking about prayer. And we're talking about a model of how we can pray differently. Lord, you know what? I want blessing. God, I want your presence. I want influence and I need your protection. That is something all of us in this room, we, we need to be praying and, and allowing that model to be within our prayer time. The greatest model that was ever given was by Jesus himself for God, you know. There's nothing like that. But I feel that the challenge before us today is not so much of how we're going to pray and what we're going to say, but rather we're going to dedicate some time every day and say, Lord, I'm going to pray to you. Regardless of everything else, you know what? Everything else can go to the side. Everything else can be placed on hold. The pause button can be hit. The phone can be flipped over. The TV can turn off. Social media can go and have a rest. But Lord, my time with you is precious. And I need to dedicate more time to you. Let's pray. Father, we love you. So honored, Lord, to be in your presence today and to be here with one another. God, help us to take more time throughout our day to spend with you in prayer, in communication with you. And not only about us, Lord, talking, but also us being silent and saying, Lord, speak to us in return. The Bible says, Lord, you would, you would speak to them as friends. You spoke, you spoke, you considered Abraham as your friend. You spoke to Moses as a friend. And Father, we ask, Lord, that you would speak to us and us speak to you. Help us to become more disciplined, Father, to where we are allowing prayer to be a priority within our lives. Help us, Lord, to take the patterns and the models that you have already given us through these first two weeks 
and apply them to our prayer life. Father, we love you. And we know, God, that you want to hear from us just as much as we want to hear from you. Probably even greater. Father, may we be fluent with this. May we allow this to be a priority within our lives each and every day. So, Father, we say we love you. We thank you for this time that you've allowed us to be here in your presence this morning. Now, as the psalmist said, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen. We love you. You have a great day. Amen. Amen.